Welcome to Pred Wings Podcast, where Smashville and Hockey Town collide. And now, here are your hosts, Red Runway, Buffalo Brian, and D-Law, Dan Lawless. Welcome to episode 54 of the Pred Wings Podcast. You can get us on social media, Pred, uh, Facebook, Discord, Twitch. We're at Predwings Podcast and, and uh, Twitter, YouTube. We're at Predwings Pod. And now on our Instagram, uh, Predwings Podcast, and email is PredwingsPodcast at gmail.com. So it's been a kind of an interesting week. Um, I guess we can uh, go right into our Beer League Minute. Do you want to start, d So, we had... Uh, Tuesday game. Oh god, what a mess! I thought you were. I, I thought you were kind of just making it out to be worse than, than than it really was from the week before. But for anything like Tuesday, I got my point streak going. Um, yeah, it was a, just a disaster. I mean, I can't believe this is novice. I did score well, I mean, a goal. It's just one of those things again, D Law, where you have these beer league guys. See, the problem is, I don't mind having those heroes come in, but when they play at the the top level that they can possibly play against people who obviously, I mean, we have people that fall on defense and just lay there for five minutes, like legitimately maybe thirty seconds, not five minutes, but it seems like five minutes. But lay on the ice, staring at the ceiling for about 30 seconds while the game's still going on. And, like, it's it's just, I mean, it's just, the point is, we have players who can't skate, who can't do much of anything. And you've got the other team where over half of their team has been playing since youth hockey. And now they're all in their 30s. You know, we played against somebody who was 66 years old. And... The level is just outrageous, but they don't let up. And then they hoot and holler after every goal. Like, who who cares? Like, it's beer league, first of all. You're playing, like, four or five divisions above where you should be, and you're going to hoot and holler. So it's, it is kind of a shit show. Um, oh, but, I go their streak. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> but, but, yeah, but, I mean, but it did, you know, it's 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 – it is what it is. If you, I, I, it's my option to play hockey right now, and I'm going to take it. Well, well you did have a goal after you lifted I, the goalie's I up. scored a goal. I scored a goal. Hold on, no, 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 no. You always got to trash me. Always got to make me look like I sound like I'm bad. No, you needed to score because then I got the assist. But I scored a goal. It was a nice play by you. You had it on the on on the sideboards, and you put it down low to. Our other winger and he centered. I was right for the net or to the side of the net. You have a nice pass to me, and I shot it, and it hits a goalie, and somehow it it kind of snuck through, and it was sitting on the line, and I just 
tapped at home. No, your assist was from when you put it down low and then No, two. no. My stick definitely hit that thing. I know it did. I'm not I'm not arguing that. You were on one side of him. I was on the other side. I was hoping it was going to trickle out farther. Tag team. It was but I kept my points streak alive. All that matters is I'm two points ahead of D-Law still. All that matters is I scored a goal. <laughs> I don't care what my points are. So. What else you got? Uh, so that leads us into Thursday. And, uh, well, it was our playoff game. Uh, seven versus eight. And, well, it didn't start out good. Gave up a goal in the first 10 seconds or whatever. Um, but then I kind of settled in and made some decent saves. And we ended up having a 2-1 to one lead. But then they came back and tied it up. Eventually took a 3-2 lead and then uh, pulled me. So I went off. And then they scored the end of the goal. It was like a bank shot They from their own zone. And then we... We ended up scoring a goal, and then they scored another goal. And it kind of sucks we lost on that goal. It was five to three, but we uh, their, their game with the goal was that goal. So, so I don't understand. Uh, I don't know. It just I guess that's the way our season goes. Uh, and that's 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 it for our beer league minute. Oh, I do want to say something. I, I missed it. I should have said something last week, um, but it was National Turtle Day last week on March 26th. Oh, um, yeah, I forgot us, us, us Red Wings fans know exactly what that means. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's always nice to, to look back and uh, watch some replays of, of that massacre. But it was a good day in Hockey Town. A couple of fights, goalie fight. And I have to say, I think I think the Wings won every crazy um he's got a screw loose but there's nothing bad about that guy that i've ever seen um but yeah he he is one of my all-time favorite players i had the luxury of meeting him and just to tell a quick story since this has to go with mccarty so i went i went there a couple years ago and it was like a kid's day and mccarty was signing autographs with uh, mickey redmond so i got to meet those two guys and talking to Redmond, you know, he, he loves the announcing. He wishes he could play. He did play in the alumni game not too long ago. But talking to McCarty. So I get up to McCarty, and I was like, do I say something about Lemieux or not? Because he probably hears it from every fan that ever crosses his path all the time. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. When, in, when am I, when, when, when am I going to see him again? So I went for it. And I was just like, hey, uh, Lemieux. I said, he... Uh, he got what he had coming to him, and he sets his pen down on the table, looks down like my heart just kind of sank. I was like, oh, my God, I poked the bear. I pissed off Darren McCarty. He probably didn't want to hear about it, and he looks up at me at the corner of his eye, and he goes, he deserved everything he got. 
I said, would you do it again? He goes, circumstances present themselves. I'd cold cock him again. And that's when he went to us. It wasn't a sucker punch. I looked him right in his eyes. He knew what he had coming to him and he chose not to defend it. I cold cocked him. He, he knew it was coming. That was a cold cock. And he just beat the living pulp off him. He, he beat the brakes off the dude. But that, and guess what? Guess who never took liberties on another Detroit Red Wing in a cheap shot again? So that just shows there's a spot in the game to have the enforcers. But obviously that's not my call. Batman wants this fast-paced, crazy speed hockey that's just kind of it, – it I don't want to say it's boring, but fans like the rough stuff. They like the checks. At least I do. That was one of the best parts of the game, but – yeah, so it's nice to watch that and see some old-time real hockey. But that's all I got. I went off on a tangent here. Well, that leads us into the recaps, and you want you start with your uh, Wings recaps and see where he's uh, been talking about them. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, I thought the Wings actually started off pretty well this week. We start with Pittsburgh, and... The Wings actually came out and played well. And that was a game that Detroit needed for they're, – they're too high for Bedard. They're too low for the playoffs. So now they just got to play for a little bit of pride. Um, but they played Pittsburgh on Tuesday. Um, and Ned actually looked really well. I, I thought uh, Nedeljkovic played very well. He found his rhythm again. He looked smooth. He looked comfortable uh, to me, which is a good sign because – you know, I, I don't have anything against Magnus Helberg, but he's traveled the league for a reason. Um, I just think he's one of those goalies that's adequate, but he doesn't have much more ceiling left, where I think Ned is still young enough. You know, if if he gets the chance to grow and blossom, which I'm hoping Eiserman is doing with him, that he's going to turn into be a, a good goalie. I mean, he had, he had nine saves, which isn't a lot, but of those nine saves, four of them were extremely good scoring chances that he shut excuse me, that he shut right down, um, you know, and then the the power play that comes alive in the first period, Johnny Berger scores, um, you know, the one second left on uh, the power play, um, Andrew Kopp, he comes in 34 seconds later off of a cider shot and was able to deflect it in, um, and it just, you know, that's where Detroit has kind of been lacking this year is putting the pucks on net, they miss, they take a lot of shots, but they miss the net, and in this first period in Pittsburgh, they were putting a lot of rubber on net, and they actually they actually came out and played pretty well. I mean, Kubalik he scored another one, um, and it's funny because Lindstrom actually took the shot. He took the shot from the point, and it bounced off of somebody, and the the you you can't see who it is. So I mean, if you go back and watch the video to this, you don't know who it bounced off of. And you can tell that Kubelik wanted to get Lindstrom the goal because he shakes it off. He's like, it didn't touch me. He said it three or four times. It didn't touch me. It didn't touch me. But the NHL had ruled it as Kubelik's goal, so they still gave it to Kubelik, even though he said I didn't. It didn't bounce off of me. So Lindstrom got the assist. It was it was good. So three nothing in the first. Um, and they brought some intensity. They were out there checking. They were flying around. It was a good good first period. Uh, second period, not so good. Detroit had a lot of defensive breakdowns. Um, you know, their third goal in the second period, I, I kind of had an issue with it. It was it was called an what was it? I think it was called a no goal. They reviewed it and called it a goal. And then Lalonde 
challenged it for goaltender interference and he lost the, you know, the, the, the goaltender interference call. And he went berserk. He lost his mind, flipped it on the refs, got ejected in the game misconduct. Um, but I like that for two reasons. The first reason I liked it, I like the ejection, or I like his antics to get ejected for, for the two reasons I'm about to say. The first one is it brought passion to the team. The, the Red Wings have been playing flat. They haven't been playing hard hockey, um, and they've been flat. And now they're playing a team who's on the bubble of making it into the playoffs. I mean, every game for Pittsburgh here on out is a must win. They have to win because they're trying to get into the playoffs. And, you know, they're they're in the that last wild card spot. But Florida's right there. You know, they're one point behind them, or they were at least. Um, they were one point behind them. Pittsburgh does have one game in hand. But Pittsburgh's got they got to win. They got to keep that cushion. And this this game was a must win. So um, they're playing pretty good right now. But they uh, so that third that third goal. Let me get back to that. So that third goal, the way it kind of played out was the puck trickled through the pads of Nadalkovich. It somewhere got stuck in his skates. You couldn't see where it was. You couldn't tell it like you couldn't definitively see it cross the line. You assumed the puck was in his skates, but then the angle it trickled out at, it almost looked like it hit the line and got up to his knee, and then it trickled out from his knee, which was on the other side of the line. But you watch it again, it's like, well, maybe not. But then as you watch the replay, because everyone was focused on where the puck was and how it crossed the line, well, Derek alone was like, no, I'm watching how the puck crossed the line. And the the, the motion of Nedeljkovic was heading in. So if the puck was in his skate like they had thought, so if you watch it and you'll see that it's in his skate. But if it's in his skate, then he's going to cross that line regardless. But I think it was Nick Benino had his stick on the pad of Nedeljkovic and helped him move his leg into the goal. And that's what Lalonde was challenging. So that should have been no goal because you can't push the goalie into the into the net and cause a goal. So in my opinion, yes, I'm a little bit of a homer on this one, but that's that's a no goal. And and he had every chance and every reason to argue that. And the refs are just, you know, the inconsistencies are just I don't know. I wouldn't call this an inconsistency. This is more of like a judgment. You got to you got to look and see. But yeah, so he uh, so that's that's the second period. It was just kind of it was lopsided. Um the wings had to come out in the third and really get oh, get back into it. Idiot. And the wings just came out and dominated the third period. Bob Bugner takes over and sets the message. We need to go out. We need to play hard. We need to play physical. We need to bring the passion that Lalone has and put it on the ice. So in that third period, you had Perron gets his 17th of the season coming from Larkin, who's got his 43rd assist. Um, but then Perron comes out and gets his his next the next wings goal. And then shortly after, he gets his third so he gets a hat trick on the night. David Perron is just playing. He's playing great hockey right now. So he gets a hat trick. Congratulations to Perron. I know it's not the first time he's been there, but it's his first time as a wing. And that's awesome. And then Larkin scores the empty net at the end. Wings win at 7-4. I thought it was a pretty good game. They they battled the entire 60 minutes. Kind of let off the gas in the second period. But, um, again, it's such an important game for Pittsburgh. And they just kind of, you know, they just kind of fell out. So, so now we'll, we'll talk about last night's game a little bit. Um, and I promise this one will be a little bit quicker. 
So playing Carolina, again, another team who's fighting to win the, the division. Um, they're up there. I know they're they're missing, um, what the heck's his name, uh, Svechnikov. But the Wings came out, and again, they, they just they were playing a very physical style of game. It's very different from the Wings the last couple of games. So uh, Kubelik, he gets another goal. I mean, this was just a, a rocket up, you know, up high. Came down, kind of a giveaway from, you know, there's some miscommunication with Carolina's defense. And I think it was Jacob Slavin uh, turned the puck over. Kubelik goes in on the far side and just puts a top shelf. Um, you know, and then Brett Burns, he, he answered in the second, you know, from the point, just happened to trickle through. Not not a bad goal by Nadalkovich. Another good night for him overall. Um, and then uh, Slavin comes down. He gets a, a goal. Now the they're up two to one. Larkin, you know, and this is if you watch Larkin, I understand now why he got the big payday. I'm not a big fan of the long the long contracts, but his motor just never stops. And he was playing great. He was playing really good out there. Um, but he scores the goal. He's got his his uh, 28th on the season. You know, I'm hoping he gets 30, which I'm pretty certain he will. And then in the third period, he was just kind of dead. It was, uh, you know, it was kind of a back-and-forth game, and – Right at the very end, 3.2 seconds left. Jake Wallman, another defensive goal, sets us up. We win the game, knock Carolina back down. So 3-2, to two, Wings take that game, and the effort was there. They played a full 60 minutes, defensively, physically, offensively, putting pucks on net. They had goaltending throughout the whole game. You know, Nadalkovic was the second star of the night. But it's nice to finally have some goaltending. It's nice that he's getting his confidence back. It's nice that he's playing up with Detroit. I, I think he's going to be somebody Detroit's going to want to hang on to. I, <clears throat> I just have a feeling he's going he's gonna to turn it around once he gets his confidence built back up. Um, but And he didn't have an easy night. I mean, he had 33 shots on goal. So, heck of a game to Ned. We, we all knew he had it. He's coming back. He's got it. Um, you know, Detroit's playing Winnipeg tonight. I know it's not a great game. Playing back to back against Winnipeg is not is not going to be fun. So, oh, gee, thanks um, for <clears throat> thanks for really putting in that effort because now the Preds are pretty much done because then they'll be five points behind and won't be able to catch them. Who's that? Winnipeg. Oh yeah, I mean they're just. But I mean again, they're playing back to back. It's in Winnipeg. You know, so they had to travel. I ha I hate the back-to-backs, especially when you have to travel. I mean, he tries getting destroyed. I'm still going to watch it. I, I haven't watched any of it yet, so I'm going to go back and watch it. Um, but right now, in the middle of the third, it's 5 nothing Winnipeg. So it looks like it's pretty embarrassing. But I'm going to watch it. I'll recap it next week. And just it looks pretty bad on Detroit's part. Oh. Take it over, D-Law. Oh, Preds didn't fare too well. Um, so we had a game against Toronto. Um, that was at home or in Nashville. Um, I was unable to see this game because I was actually playing hockey while this was a game. It was a Sunday afternoon game <clears throat> or early evening. But it didn't look like uh, – it, they actually looked like the Predators might have came out in the first period and they out – Shot until 10, but 
the second and third period, you know, Toronto took over 10 to four shots in the second and 14 and nine in the third. But, you know, Tavares has a couple goals in this one. Uh, Kerfoot, easy for me to say. Um, but Cody Glass and Tyson Berry, they, they both uh, managed to get a goal. But, and they still, in the end, they, they end up dropping this one three to two to Toronto, which, I mean, at least it was a blowout. And then uh, that leads into the Boston game. And unfortunately, my uh, recording, you know, I don't know why, but it always records the Predators feed. And for some reason, it we recorded the Boston feed, so I had to watch, listen to Jack Edwards. This guy has to go. I it was uh, I watched the whole game, but it was painful to hear him. I just I mean just seeing his delivery, but then some of his comments. Um, but the last how team, do you mess how do you mess that up? Mess what up? Why would you record him? I mean, I I would I set myself no, no, on fire. I, I didn't do it. Listen I, to him broadcast an entire game at the beginning of the season. I I set up <laughs> the recording for the seat for the Predators. And it, for some reason, it always records the Predators feed, but for some reason, this one recorded the Boston feed. Why, I don't know. I don't. I have no idea why. I turned the TV on when I got home, and I'm like, about ready to settle in. I'm like, why is this on Nesson? This game was in Boston, not Nashville. Maybe that's maybe that's why. But um, but the last team to beat Boston in Boston was Edmonton on March 9th. So that's that tells you how good Boston's been. Um, but McDonough, um, you know, he stayed in he stayed in Nashville. You know, we all know what happened on uh, last Monday in Nashville at the school. Um, but he stayed in because this game was on Tuesday. Um, but he stayed in Nashville with his family, and his daughter goes to a kindergarten uh, school that's not too far from that school. Um, but uh, then he, he joined the Predators in Boston on Tuesday morning. Um, but the Preds' first shot, and this is, uh, what was it, like three – I don't remember how many, how how long in the game, but but uh, their first shot on goal was a breakaway. Um, I they obviously didn't go in, um, but then uh, you know Edwards just his he could not pronounce Afanasyev name. Afanasyev. Are you sure that's right? He he just couldn't <laughs> say that. He just could. I don't know what the hell he was saying. But anyway, um, Edwards. Edwards uh, said, if Trotz trades for Nemtsikov, I can't say his name, and Athanasiu, and they pair them with Afanasiev, he said, uh, talking about uh, whoever the commentator is, uh, I can't remember his name, the, the, the analyst that he has with him, he said he's doing the game solo. Or maybe I can do it. <laughs> Andy Brinkley? <laughs> oh, is that who it is? Yeah. Yeah, I actually don't he mind actually Andy Brinkley. He wasn't that bad. I mean, he he was he he, uh, he wasn't much of a homer. I mean, he he did uh, give Prez credit when they deserved it. Um, we were talking about you know the referees in the last couple of weeks, but 
they in this game, um, one of the linesmen actually tripped Tomasino at the blue line. He, he saved a, a short angle against uh, because you know he. I I don't know why he, he just ran into him and get, I don't know, um, but um, they they gave the Preds and I watched it again and because I rewound rewound and and but it sure didn't look like uh, a penalty. Um, they got they got I call it a bogus penalty because it shouldn't have been a penalty um, for carrying the puck. That's what they get. They call them. I, I think that's what they call the penalty. Um, but he knocked it down. Apparently, he carried the puck. Well, it looked like he just knocked it down. So I don't know. Um, but you know, the the Bruins they actually put Bertuzzi on the power play. Um, I don't know if that's because it was against the Predators or if that's because no, I don't he's know, usually it, on the he's good on the power play. I just don't think of Bertuzzi on the power play. I don't think he played much on in, in Detroit, did he? On the power play? Yeah, every power play. Oh, oh, well, maybe. Why wouldn't you so think of Bertuzzi as a power play oh. guy? So he's a goal scorer? Yeah, he can be. Oh, he didn't he's score He's had a lot of injury time this year. Oh, he missed over okay. half the season. Oh, that's why they traded him. Well, no, they um, were able to get a, a lot of picks for him, so why would you not? He's coming up but, in a free agency year. Um, so anyway, uh, you know, Boston got a boarding penalty. Uh, There's no whistle um, until the third Boston Bruin player had possession. Um, they got the penalty. Like I said, the third guy had the puck. It's like, and even the, the Boston guy commentator was like, why did they not blow the whistle down? Um but um, I know at one at one point in the game, Edwards said it sounded that they're in Boston. He said he kept saying it's it's dead in here. It's quiet. He said it sounds like a library. It's like so you know the Bruin the the Predators played a really good road game. Um, you know there's there was no scoring in the first period. Um, and did you realize that Luke Evangelista is the second cousin of Brendan Shanahan? The preacher, the former Shanahan was a former wing, right? Yeah. And um, but you know, Cody Glass manages to get a goal in the second period. Uh, that's his twelfth, so he stays hot. Um, yeah, Carlo got a high sticking penalty on a high on, on Novak, and this Predators power play is just um. Terrible, but and I didn't, you know, it, it didn't look like the stick hit him in the face. Um, it looked like you know, Novak did this, you know, like everybody does, snaps his head back. Um, but it didn't look like it, the stick even touched his head, maybe fair face, maybe it did, but I just I don't think that should have been a high sticking penalty. But I guess, um, they're gonna call that. Predators, you know, they had a one nothing lead after the second period. They're twenty three one and three one leading out of two, which you know, you be the season they're having, you'd kind of be surprised that that's what would happen. Um, 
But, you know, once again, the, their power play is just, I don't know. I don't, I have no idea what the answer is. I, obviously, they probably need to get rid of some coaches uh, who are controlling, the, you know. There's obviously one of the coaches is, 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 is in charge of the power play. And whoever it is, is not doing their job. I don't know if it's the coaching or the players not executing, but they just, it's, they're not. It's probably a mixture not, of both. I mean, you're a young team. It's going to be a mixture not of both. Shoot, they're not shooting. They're just, they're passing the puck. But then when they pass it, they get it turnover. They get it, they get picked off. And they just, it just, I don't know. Um, but in this game, the Bruins did not look dominant like they have been all season. Um, I don't know if they just underestimated For what the, reason? the Predators. I, I don't know if they just under, underestimated the Bruins or the Predators or if the Predators was just playing a really good game. Um, Saros. Was, I don't think it know, was a Matt. He, oops, sorry, go ahead. He, he, was, he played really, really well in this game, especially late. Um, you know, Cole Smith gets the second. He, he puts up the Predators two to nothing uh, later in the third period. Um, and then, uh, and of course, they, you know, he was. It was such a bad break for Saros. I mean, he was just that close from a shoot from a shutout. Um, well, they get they're given the goal with two seconds, but it was actually with. Uh, Point three seconds left, but I think they put more time on the clock. But so, but still, two seconds away from a shutout, and of course, it has to be Pastor not to score that. Um, but it, I mentioned an empty net goal in, in our beer league minute. You know, we we're on the other end of it, being the game winning goal. Well, Cole Smith's empty net goal turns out to be the game winning goal. So I. It's it's. I mean, I wonder how many how often that happens. Um, but you know, it, it, in this game, uh, the Bruins um, actually outshot them thirty six twenty three sixteen to four and third. So they they really uh, stepped it up in the uh, third period. And and Saros was just remarkable. He was the first star of the game, and this is in Boston. Um, you know, that was, you know, 30, 35, 35 saves for him in this game. But um, at that time, that gave the, that gave the, the Predators, like, I think they were like three points behind uh, the wild card race. Um, but then uh, they go to Pittsburgh on Thursday and, I was able to see half the game before I went, went to my game. Uh, so I, I, um, I think I, I left like uh, midway through the second period. First period, you know, no scores again, just like the Bruins game. But they just, the Preds just, they look like a young team in this game. I mean, the, the Penguins are just all over them. Um, they really didn't have that many scoring opportunities or, or even shots. Um, in the, uh, you know, it, it was close, you know, the first period was 16 to 12 shots on goal, but it didn't really, those 12 shots didn't, I don't think they were really tested. Um, but 
an interesting side note and, and to touch on the, the young aspect of the pet predators, the Penguins' top six forwards combined salary is $36.4 million. The Preds' top six forwards combined salary is $4.73 million. That's like just one of the Penguins' player forwards on one of their lines is probably making three times as much as the Predators' top six combined. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I had to look at the individual salaries. But, I mean, again, the Predators' power play, it's just frustrating. It's just it's 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 disgusting to, to watch. They're they're better than this. I know they're young, but and they're you know they're missing Yossi and Duchesne. Um but you know Crosby could have had a goal in this one, but he may actually miss the net. That was on that was on a power play. Like I mentioned it was seventeen to eleven. That says sixteen to twelve, but it was actually seventeen to eleven. Um I don't know why they what what that's a sixteen to twelve, um, but you know the they had you know they had some offensive pressure the Predators did but but then in the second period I mean Pittsburgh you know <laughs> National ended up with five shots on goal um, you know eventually say so in the uh, he got uh, he got called for a hook but it wasn't really a hook um, at least that I saw and I you know I I. I actually watched it a couple of different times and it was one of those uh, chicken wing things. I know you you mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. The Pens player chicken winged uh, the stick and actually one of the announcer actually called it that. Um, but I just wondering, are they going to ever call that? I don't think they ever will. Nope. They, they haven't started yet, so I don't see them doing it anytime soon. Um, but, you know. This- I hate that. It should just, be a holding the stick. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. It would be. Yeah, it's holding. He's technically holding the stick. Doesn't matter. We can how call you it hold chicken that. wing if you'd like. No, that's. But I don't know why they call it that. But but anyway, um, you know, the one bright spot for the Predators is a penalty killing. Is like top one of the one of the best in the league. Um, but uh, the. Uh, you know they got outshot forty-five to twenty-eight, and you're not gonna you're not gonna win games doing that. I mean, you unless you unless you got like a shooting percentage of ninety percent, you're not gonna outscore. I mean, what for giving up forty-five shots? It two at least two or three of them are gonna go in all the time. Um, and you know, I just you know, I, I, I hate to keep harp on it, but they just look like a young team out there. From from what I saw, you know, the Penguins end up getting the goal in the second. You know, Zucker, who's got 26, and then Gensel, he scored a power play goal. That was his 34th. So, you know, it, it, the teams like the Penguins, you know, they're 30 goal scorers, 40 goal scorers. I, you know, why, why can't the Predators ever have that? I don't think they've had somebody I mean it doesn't seem like they've had somebody with that many goals definitely not 40 or 50 um you know maybe with these young players eventually they will but you know that's you know those those that's the only two games that I get well three games actually but 
Yeah, I just, yeah, it just, I just hope they, I just hope that they, uh, they don't, they, they just, they, they find something and, and can, you know, start competing. Um, they, you know, they're not going to make the playoffs, especially since, you know, Winnipeg winning big tonight. Um, that you know, they'll play. I mean, the Predators do have a game against Winnipeg left, uh, but in the, it's that's later in the season, or, you know, or towards the end of the season. And it's I don't. They got some big games coming up, as I'll mention later on in their previews. But they just need to figure out how to play with these with these teams like the Penguins that are fighting for a playoff spot. You know, because it's going to be them in the next few years. But that's all I got for my recaps. Well, I, I want to talk about the Boston game really quick because you had made a comment, and I just want your thoughts on this. So you made a comment about were the Preds really underestimated or did Boston just not play good? And and I'm not downplaying the the Predators by any any form of the matter. But what I am going to say is that – what is Boston playing for right now? Well, they already clinched the President's Trophy. Is what okay. So what? Is, so what are they playing for? Well, at the time that the at the at the time that the Predators played, they didn't they hadn't clinched the uh, uh they, the they've got like, Trophy. They've got like seven games left, and all they needed was a win. Well, then why did Marshawn and all them player guys play if they didn't if they weren't playing for anything? They could have sat them, well, risking he, injuries. You don't want to sit them for too long. They've already missed two or three games for sitting out from "quote unquote" injuries. They got to play. They're probably just not going a hundred percent. I'm not downplaying Nashville. I know that's how you immediately is, are going to take it. Is that the that I'm downplaying the Preds? They're no good. They're not competitive. I'm not saying that at all. You're playing the best team in the NHL, who's probably going to break the, the wins record. Um, but. The thing that I'm I'm trying to get at is why go out there and beat yourself down when you're trying to get ready for a playoff run? There's no point. They've clinched everything there is to clinch except for the Stanley Cup at this point. So why hurt yourself and hurt your chances of going out there getting hurt and, you know, playing a, a thousand percent? You're not playing for – I mean, right now Boston is playing for nothing, literally nothing. There's nothing more that they can gain by winning or losing right now. So their biggest mindset is probably just don't get hurt. Well, at the time that they played the uh, Predators, they still hadn't clinched the Predators trophy. No, but again, I mean, you've got how many games left? I mean, they're bound to win one of them, trying 100% or not. They're the best team in hockey. Probably one of the best teams ever to play the game right now. They lost uh, the game after that. Uh, but they're also – Boston is also very screwed with the salary Oh, no, cap. they no, they beat Columbus in overtime, but they were losing that game. Um, are we going to do a Sabres recap yet tonight or uh, – Montreal game on Monday, I was there. Probably why I got COVID because I have COVID now. But anyways, um, it was a back-and-forth game all night. First career goal for Lucas Ruzek. Congratulations. Puck hey, 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 let's go, Buffalo. Puck went, uh, a shot went wide of the net, and he was on the other side, grabbed it, and put it in the empty net. 
uh, J.J. Paterka and Stillman score. Stillman's first goal is a member of the Sabres and first of the season. Went deep into a shootout. Montreal scored after Cousins' shot was saved to win it. Um, and then tonight, uh, I chose a win there. I was wrong. And then tonight, the Sabres enter the game with seven points out of the playoffs. Tage still injured, but Greenway and uh, Samuelson return to the lineup. Devin Levi gets his first career NHL start. Congrats, Devin. I want to talk. I want to talk about him. Have you seen him? Yeah, watch him tonight. Did you watch? Now, did you see his um, like during the intermission? Not intermission, but during like commercials, he doesn't go to the bench. He sits in the middle of the ice. This in the middle of the ice. It's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. He's not used to having commercial breaks. No, but I guess goalies are a little bizarre. <laughs> They are. Um, the Sabres kept the Rangers only one shot in the first 11 minutes of the game. J.J. Paterka gets Buffalo on the board with his 11th of the year. Levi makes a save on a uh, one-on-one. Multiple missed penalties in the O-zone. Rangers get a prime opportunity after Lush uh, loses the puck in the middle of the D-zone, and Rangers grab it. Levi slides out of position, but luckily for him, the shot went right to him instead of in the wide-open net. Greenway go into the net, fights off two defenders, and scores one-handed with a little backhanded flip over the goalie. It was a sick goal. Just an incredible effort. Nice pass to get in the puck in the ozone by Millistat. Uh, the Rangers get a breakaway, but it appears they shot wider than that. Uh, they get on the board after 32 minutes of shutout hockey by Levi. Puck bounces over his head, and the Ranger player swats it out of midair into the net. Levi makes many incredible saves, including one point blank on Lafreniere. Ten saves on 11 shots through two periods. Levi can't find a rebound in his pads, and the Rangers bury at 5-0, tying the game up at 2-2 halfway through the third period. Uh, they go to a sh- overtime, and Jeff Skinner buries one to give the Sabres two important points, and Devin Levi his first career win. Congrats, Devin. Um, I chose a win for that one, so I got that one correct. Okay, so that leads us into what do we want to do next? Um, well, you were talking about Boston, so let's continue. You know, that I mentioned they. I don't want to spend too much time on them, but you know, I mentioned they. They got they won the Presidents Trophy. It must have been a game when they beat uh, Columbus in overtime. Um, but you know that could be the jinx. You know, the last what was it, the last couple Presidents Trophy winners got beat in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I'm gonna. I want to keep on the Boston train too. Yeah, I don't know if they're gonna have the jinx or not. I mean, they're they're. I mean, it's one of those teams that, you know, I I hate Boston. I do. I, they're not. They're not my favorite team. And I know hate is a strong word. I just. I am not a fan of them. Um. But you definitely can't discredit what they've done this season. So, I mean, having a team this strong and, you know, continue, continuing on this Boston rant, you know, having this team that's strong, they've got some solid players, they've maxed out their cap, they're playing, they're all in it to win it. Well, we've got a little Kucherov situation going on right now with uh, Taylor Hall. Nobody quite knows exactly what his injury is, um, if there really is an injury. But he's, he's temporarily well, apparently sitting. I saw that he's ready to come back. 
Oh, so now he is coming back. Okay, because as of uh, yesterday, like, I I I don't know if he's coming back, but I saw something that said that he's ready to come back. Well, we'll have to see how that plays out because I'm guessing that because of their salary cap, they're going to sit him, and then when the salary cap goes out the window, you're going to see him come back and and you know right in time for the playoffs. Uh, so thanks to Vegas for do, for setting the bar on that one. Well, Tampa Bay exploited it. Uh, Tampa Bay won a, a Stanley Cup for it. I think it was Vegas. No, I mean, it was one hundred thousand percent they Tampa Bay. Yeah, but the Tampa Bay guy was actually injured. No, he wasn't. Nikita Kucherov was not injured. Well, he he even he, had a T-shirt made to rub it in. Well, all the all the lightning uh, announcers I said uh, heard during that run said he was injured. Well, they have to because then he's not well, able to come in. They don't have to. Yeah, but if you do, then you don't get to. Then you you have to bring him back. So that's why so, they they say he's injured. Like, of course they're going to say that. They're not. You know, if if they're going to come back, then then they got to cut people. They can't play people. Apparently, Nick Foligno is uh, is coming back too, or trying to come back. Um, he's on Boston as well. Um, so they... Yeah, his his shirt said $18 million over the cap. Oh. Because once he came back from injury, quote-unquote injury, he was... It put Tampa Bay $18 million over the cap. So he would not have been... If that was a regular season, they would have had to have cut players to make the cap room. Or Instead, seven. they kept everybody... And then added that eighteen million on in the playoffs, which it doesn't matter at that point because he's playoff eligible. You can't. You can't. Why would you do that? Like morally, yes, that's the right thing to do. But the NHL hasn't addressed this issue, and it's going to continue. And I bet you Taylor Hall is going to be the next one. But yeah, Tampa Bay did that the year they won their Stanley Cup, where they had this strong team going in, and then magically, day one game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs and, and round one, Kucherov's healthy and flying around and acting like nothing was ever wrong. So that's, I think that's about all the, uh, all the news that I saw that, you know, any huge, huge news stories. Um, but uh, getting down to crunch time, getting down to the playoff push here. Let me uh, go through the standings um for the uh, Eastern Conference, obviously, you know, Carolina, New Jersey, and the Rangers still in the top three in their division. And then you got Boston, Toronto, and Tampa Bay. Um, actually, you know, Carolina, New Jersey, the Rangers, and Toronto all clinched. Um, you know, Tampa Bay, is well, they, they have won two in a row, but they seem to like they're kind of trailing, falling off. But, um, you know, maybe they're just kind of flying under the radar. Uh, but then you, in the wild card, you got the Islanders and Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh's holding on to that second wild card by a point over Florida. Um, I'm not sure if if that's the Buffalo is updated at 79 points. Um, I'm not sure if that's updated. If they win today, they probably have 81. If I'm right. Um, so they'll be if if that's if that's updated. I'm not sure. If they updated it yet uh, on that win tonight, um, but if they if they didn't, uh, they should have eighty one. So then there'll be two points behind Florida, uh, Ottawa, 
They're probably, you know, they got 79. They have 79 after the win tonight. Okay, so, well, they're still only four points behind Florida. Um, but, they, you know, they've, they've only played 74. Florida's played 76. So that's that's a plus for them. And they've still got one game in hand on Pittsburgh as well. So they still got an outside chance. Ottawa, they've played 75. They're probably, they, they're, I don't know if they're officially done. Uh, Washington, they might, you know, they got 77. They played 76, so they probably, they might be pretty much done. Um, and then besides, I think Detroit's, are they officially eliminated now? They've only played 74, and they got 75. Uh, then moving on to the Western, you got Minnesota, Dallas, and Colorado. Easy for me to say, leading the Central. And then uh, Vegas is surprisingly the the only team in the West to clinch so far. Uh, they got ninety nine points leading leading the West. Uh, so you got Vegas, Edmonton, and L.A. Who's really surging, even though they lost the last two. Um, one of them was to Seattle, who's really playing well. They, you know, even though that was their their one win, their win streak is one. That was just beating L.A. Uh, but then in the wild card, you get the Seattle holding on to that with 90. And then Winnipeg. Um, and then you got Calgary with 83. And then Nashville with 82. Oh, but with the Winnipeg idiot. win, or actually, is it final yet? Let me see if it's final. Um, I don't think it's final yet. Um, actually, yes, it is final. It was a 6 2 win for Winnipeg. So. That pretty much, uh, pretty much all and all, all but does Nashville in. Um, I don't think they. I don't think they're officially limited, but it's they almost have to win every single game now, and hopefully Winnipeg lose. Well, they do have a head to head with Winnipeg coming up. Um, you just want so, Evangelista. You want the preacher to keep getting ice time. That's all you I care about right for, now. As long as he keeps scoring goals. No, I wonder. Uh, I, now, can he go back down for the Admirals playoff rush? I think he can. So I think he's going to keep playing. Uh, I bet you. Montgomery, Hank, so Montgomery, when he was asked about it, just circling back really quick. Uh, this was yesterday. They had called him out and said, hey, we're getting all these reports that Taylor Hall can come back. And his response was, the only thing I can say is that I know he is not cleared. So that report to me is false. So there, he's been skating with the Bruins. He's been, you know, participating in all their team events, but he's on LTIR and apparently nobody knows when he'll be back and all the reports are false. He's still injured because it's, it's going to get stupid here very soon. And every every team is just going to load up. It seems like every year is one, one or two teams do that. Well, yeah, because they've got a chance to go the distance and they've made the right trades and they know like, crap, we're not going to be able to keep everybody. So they put somebody on long term IR once they've already clinched the playoffs or close to it. Let them ride it out till the playoff time and then reactivate them. I wonder I mean, if Florida's for- gonna- What's that? I wonder if Florida's going to do that with uh, Bobrovsky because he's, well, he's day to day right now, but... I mean, what's saying they could I mean, even though he's no, you know, they won't. They're not in the playoffs. They can, well, they're close to it. I mean, well, yeah, but you got to get in before you can do that. Uh, yeah, but 
he's day to day, but yeah, I don't know. So uh, Luke Evangelist has played 16 games, so they're going to, I think, isn't it somewhere around 20? I think it is. Um, so they're going to have to play. But don't, I, but don't quote me. They're going to have to really watch that. I mean, I, maybe they won't set him down. Because if he gets, I think I'll have to look it up um, sometime. But uh, I think if he plays so many games, then he had to clear waivers. Um, so they're they're playing; they're awful close to that. Um, and uh, and he's got five goals and four assists in sixteen games. Um, it's not a lot, and, and he's just plays. The good style. I mean, he he's he's kind of like a pest. You know, he's uh, always around the net. Um, so in just a matter of time, for you know, they're just gonna keep going in, especially if you hang around the net. Uh, well, kind of like me, <laughs> me hanging around the net. But anyway, um, so yeah, I'll have to look that up. See, but you I know, think I, I'm thinking it's somewhere around 20 games. Um, see, and and if I think if Trotz is smart, he's going to have Evangelista playing down in in um, you know, Milwaukee uh, to as, to ride it out. As long as they don't uh, have to clear waivers. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna send him down to get the ice time. You want him to log as much ice time as he can, because that's how you get these guys better. So, yeah, I, I definitely see him going back down to help them make a push for the Calder Cup. Detroit did that a couple of years ago with Danny DeKaiser and a couple of their young guys. He does not declare waivers uh, to be set down unless he has played ten games. Or has been up for thirty days, so he has to. So he, they can't send him down. Okay, uh, how many games did you say he had? Um, sixteen. Well, he's played sixteen in this season, so. Okay. So I guess it's ten games. I thought it was twenty, but. So oh well, he's, they're they're One good. Done. Say he's on rehab, injury rehab or something. That's what the Bruins would do. Next up is, um, I don't think we have any team news. I think. Probably, are we going to skip to hideout this week? Obviously, as I said earlier, Devin Levi made his first career start tonight. First career win. Congrats. Looking forward to uh, the future with Levi as our goalie. Um, tonight, Samuelson returned to the lineup. The Sabres are 28-16-4 with him in the lineup and 7-15-3 without him in the lineup. What a difference maker he can be. Um, actually, now they're 29-16-4 with him in the lineup. So, almost 30 wins with him in the lineup and only seven without him. Um, he is well worth the money we spent, the seven-year, whatever, $4 million deal that was. Uh, as far as the Tuck, Michael Watch, Jack must be listening to the podcast because he uh, slowly is coming back, catching up to his tuck stats. Michael has 27 goals, 33 assists in 60 game or 60 points in 62 games, and Tuck has 32 goals, 37 assists for 69 points in 65 games. So it's starting to even out. I mean, if you look at it from the playoff standpoint, obviously Vegas wins because. They're in the playoffs. Buffalo's not. But we'll see. 
week. But we'll he, see. he didn't score last night either. Uh, they lost in a shootout. Um, actually, Patangelo was trying. It was or not shootout. It was overtime. Patangelo was trying to pass to over to Eichel, and he got it picked off. So. Not saying I could have scored, but let's see. What do we we got? Other some other news stories. Look, uh, looks like yeah, uh, just, a, just a couple of things. Um, you know, I was, you know, I've been watching, you know, a lot of like different NHL stories and stuff like that. And I was watching Bunting. He benched him. He sat him. That was it. You're done. So, a um, little bit of drama going on in Toronto. I know they're having. Having some issues, or but moving over, did you happen to see? Now, Reeves, Reeves is a big, big dude. He's a big, tough guy. He's one of those guys that, you know, people like Hathaway run away from. They tuck tail and run. I mean, he's a, he's a big dude. He's physically fights. A- ask Philip Ronick, you know, if, if Reeves is a good checker. But you've got this guy who's one of the most feared guys in the NHL right now today, sitting on the bench trying to get himself woken up. Takes a... You know, they take those smelling salts and they rub them under their nose. And it usually, you see little reactions like that. Well, that didn't do it. So Reeves gave that a try. He did He did the old thing under the nose, Reeves, and it didn't even affect him. So the first thing that comes to mind is, holy cow, I wonder if he if he uh, has, like, nothing in there. If he's, like, one of those. Because a lot of the, and this is, I'm not saying he is. I, I'm not saying that, and I'm not even insinuating. I'm just, I'm making a joke of this, which maybe I shouldn't. But a lot of the big guys, the big physical guys back in the day were big cocaine addicts. They would, you know, snort coke before games, during games, after games, and it would keep them revved up, you know, to play. And, you know, I don't know if if he just burned through his nostrils, but he wasn't even affected. So now they come back with this bottle, and I've never seen the bottle. Maybe they do it, but I just haven't seen it on the bench. He unscrews his bottle and puts his nose to it, and he was, like, sent into a submission, like, like arms up and down on the bench. And I mean, it was pretty theatrical. Like he was, he was out like, I, I'm not like unconscious, but it hit him really hard. So whatever was in that jar, that, that bottle, we need to get some. See, we got some rookies, uh, the top five as of March 26th. Of course, Maddie Beneers, who's been leading the whole season, 20 goals, 30 assists, uh, Mason McTavish on Anaheim, who's really been uh, a bad, you know, Anaheim's just a train wreck. Uh, he has 16 goals and 26 assists. Oh, and read got, my notes. And then you got Owen Power with four goals, 24 assists. And then what the heck is going on with this stupid thing? And then... Um, for goalies, you got Stuart Skinner from Edmonton. I saw part of that game. Uh, Edmonton was playing, I don't remember who he ordained. He was, I think he got a shot on that game. But he's got 23 wins, 14 losses, goals against 2.93. Actually, I thought I saw that was actually lower than that. Well, let's do it um, in the correct order. Like a, like a 909. Right and, then, uh, and then you got uh, the goalie for Carolina, Kochetkov. He's got 12 wins and six losses. Uh, his goals against two point four one. So those are the top five. But I get it. But what do you mean? I got goalies mixed in with top players. five goalies. You got Matt, no. It's not top five goalies. It's top five, top five rookies. rookies. Correct. 
Yeah, but that's correct. You, there are rookie goalies that are good. Just because you're not a player doesn't mean you can't be a candidate for the Calder. Yeah, but rookies are, are they're separate by, by, with uh, skaters and goalies. But yeah, well, the top five, the top five in order, the way this goes, order that it's supposed to go in is Maddie Berniers is number one, um, and then you've got um, Stuart Skinner for Edmonton. As he said, he's the goalie. Mason McTavish is number three. Tavish, Owen Powers. Um, and then you've got Kochetkov for Carolina. Those are your top five in the NHL right now. So that's that's the Calder watch as of right now. Um, that came right from, you know, the NHL website. So it'll be interesting to see who ends up winning it. Uh, I know, like, like, even last year when it was bunting, you know, Raymond was up there for a while. Um, Zegris, um, obviously Mo Sider. But you got a good one here. I mean, you got, you got a lot of guys up in this right now that are going to be good good players for a long time. And, you know, in Buffalo, you should be excited because Owen Powers up there as a defenseman. He's playing pretty pretty freaking good for a defenseman, a young defenseman. And they're hard to come by these days. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how these guys how these guys pan out. Right now, Maddie's on top, and you know Seattle's got a great team surrounding him. So, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Well, I I think the rookie. I, I think it's, I think it's going to be uh, you know Maddie Beniers and Maselli, and then uh, Cole Perfetti. You think um, those three? Yeah, I I mean Stuart Skinner's good, but. I just don't think you you got to be a really really top goalie, uh, in my opinion, to to, to beat out uh, for the Calder. Well, I mean Kachetkov. I mean him. He's playing well for Carolina, <laughs> which he played last wow. year. He came up last year. He's one of those. I don't want to say he's a Michael Bunting, but he's not. He's like a he's like a Janot. Yeah, he's, well, he's got a little lost. bit of experience, but he's now considered a rookie. Carolina's lost last two, so that's okay. He wasn't playing against Detroit, so it's not going to hurt him. No, well, well, I don't know. I mean, I would, I would, if I, if I had to give it to a goalie, I would give it to Skinner over him, just because. I mean, Edmonton is more. I don't see them. I, I see them more of an offensive team. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I mean, obviously they must have a good defense, especially well now with that column. But I don't see them. You know, I see them as a team that gives up a lot of goals, and he's like, he doesn't give up goals. He's he's really. I mean, I, I I'm not sure how many shutouts he has, mm-hmm. but I mean, he's just you know, on a team like Edmonton, it's very offensive for for a goaltender to to be doing that. I mean, Carolina tends to be more of a defensive team, so it's probably more easier easier for a goalie than it would be for to play. Is it than it would be for uh, now? I'm just curious, team. what makes Carolina more of a defensive team? In your just, opinion, just the way their style is. They 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 don't have a lot of offensive guys like Edmonton does. I mean, Edmonton's got like the you know. Then what they got? The they have two players. Three, three of the top five. Actually, um, McDavid and Dreisaitl. Yeah, that's their well, offense. Uh, and Hopkins, Nugent Hopkins. Yeah, he's he's good. Um, 
he's got 96 points. Um, but you know, and you know, Carolina, you got nobody in the top 10 for points. Yeah. But that doesn't, that doesn't always tell the story. And that's, that's what I always try to say. Like, like if you, if you win a game one, nothing, if you win every, if you won every game, one, nothing, that's pretty good. And I mean, like quantity, you'd win a lot of games. I mean, if you won every game, you'd be Boston, but you don't have to win seven to two. You don't have to win, you know, five to three every night. If, if you only need one more goal than your opponent. So, I mean, you could have a one, nothing game. So just because you're not putting a lot of points up doesn't mean you don't have good players. I would rather see, like, if you look at, like, the 90s Red Wings teams, like, yeah, they had a lot of good players, but it was spread out across the board. Like, you didn't see one or two guys getting all of their goals. I mean, it was legitimately spread across their entire offense, so they never really had. That's because they play as a team and they play as a five-man unit. And And that's what I'm trying to say also about, about, you know, Carolina. You know, just because they don't have – I mean, they've got Sebastian Ajo – Jasper Faust, Seth Jarvis, Kotka Kiemi, uh, Jordan Martinuk, uh, Pacioretty, I, I always mess it, Pugliarvi, um, Jordan Stahl, Stasny, Sveshnikov, Tara Vinen. I mean, they've got some pretty good guys on this team. And they spread their points, you know, across them. I mean, um, defense, yeah, I mean, they've got, they've got Pesci, Shea, Slavin, and Burns. Those are a lot of their they're big players, but I don't know. I, I just, I mean, getting back to the topic, getting back to the, the point, I, I know as well as you do, goalies take a long time to develop. I mean, it's, it's not easy to come in as a goalie and make that top five. I mean, it's just very difficult when you're a young hockey player uh, because, you know, it's just one of those positions. You don't, you don't play every game. Like some of these guys do, you get your rest time, you, you sit, um, and it just takes a while to get used to the speed because there is a speed difference going from each level. And, you know, I just, I like seeing goalies on the list because I'm, I'm a goalie fan. I like when you have a good goalie. I, I, I mean, right now, Vasilevsky and Allmark, I mean, Vasilevsky is more of the, you know, Brodeur, wah, like long tenure of great hockey from day one all the way till retirement, essentially. Um, you know, like all Mark, he's a flash of the pad. Uh, he could have a few more good years with, with the Boston team. Pad? There's pan. I know. I use pad because he's got pads on. I was changing oh. it up a little bit. Flash of the pads. Uh, um, I see what you But yeah, flash in the pan. Yeah, I tried to change it up. But anyway, but yeah, I, I like to see goalies on there because I, I like seeing generational good goalies. I mean, it's just like Jonathan Quick. I mean, he's on his way out, but he's, you know, like, those are the type of things you just don't see those anymore. Even Pekka, like you don't see him. Saros is not a Pekka Rene. He's not a household name. You know, Vili Huso, he's not a household name. Jonathan Quick, he's a household name. Vasilevsky, he's a household name. Dominic Hasek, he was a household name. Like you just don't have those guys anymore. So no, I hope that some of these. Started. Well, no, I mean, it takes goalies longer to develop. But now we've got two goalies on the top five. I'm hoping that they can grow and develop. I mean, I, I wish they were with Detroit. I think we've got one coming up in our system. Um, but to, to crack the top five right off the bat, I mean, that's that's pretty freaking good. That's pretty uh, good. I mean, you can't downplay that. 
You you seen you you mentioned last week the Dallas go runs go or Dallas. Why did I say Dallas? Detroit uh, is a goalie killer. They, oh, they we do. We kill everybody that touches us. Yeah, we kill. No, right. and that's just in the last few years. I mean, we kill everybody. Who's so? Is it, it might have been the coach. Nobody it might knows have been what the coaches. So you know, when, oh, with this with Lalonde, it might change. No, it's not just Lalonde. It's not just with Blashill. It's not just an Eiserman thing. I mean, Eiserman has killed more goalies than than what's his name. I mean, Eiserman killed killed Ned, sent him down to the minors. I think it could work. I, I've, I've liked what I've seen out of Ned, um, but I, I don't mind Ned. But I mean, he killed. We, we we've killed Thomas Grice. Is he he's still playing? Right, I think he's a blue. But we've killed him. Uh, we we killed who else did we kill? We killed Ned. Helberg, um, Huso. I mean, we just, we kill them all. Like we just, we get them in here thinking, man, they're going to be good. They start off great. And then by like mid season, they're just, they're dead. They, they can't stop a beach ball. So I don't know. That's, that's got to change. But anyway, that's, that's the top five rookies. It's, I think it's personally, I think it's cool that there's a couple of goalies on there. D law apparently hates it. They should be separated. No, I just thought you, you had them separate by, by points and not overall rookies. No, no, just overall rookies, like oh. in the ranking for the Calder race. Oh. So I looked up who's in the Calder race. Those five names came out, so I looked to see what their stats were, what they've what they've done, why they're on the list, and um, it's well deserved. I mean, they're they're all great players to each, you know, in their own facet. But um, I'm excited about the goalies. I really want to try to have a goalie on that top five list at some point in my lifetime. And the Predators won't necessarily, but. Um, Grace is in St. Louis, so he is in St. Louis. Yeah, I don't. I'm, he must be the backup. I'm not, actually, and I haven't really watched too many St. Louis games, so I'll probably watch one uh, coming up uh, this weekend. But uh, let's move into the Pred Wing 16. So this week, I have the Rangers on top again, even though they just lost to Buffalo. But they're still. Um, let's see, they were. Uh, other before tonight, uh, well, that was an overtime loss. Um, they've been playing pretty hot, uh, so I still got Boston at the second spot, and I got Vegas at three. Uh, I got Minnesota moving up to four. They moved they, in my list. They jumped way up. Um, they were down towards the bottom. And then I got Carolina. They dropped one on mine. That was uh, three. That they're in. They're five on my list. And then Dallas in six. And I got the Kings seventh. Seattle eighth. Toronto. And they got Pittsburgh moving up after a couple of huge wins, except for that Detroit game. And then I got Florida. And I got Edmonton moving in on my list. And then Tampa Bay, I have them uh, moving up a couple. The Islanders, I got them, uh, let's see, I did not have them last week, so they moved in to the top, to, to the 16. And then I got New Jersey dropping way down. I think they've been kind of kind of cooling off, even though they're coming off a win. Um and then I got Colorado rounding out to 16th, so that means I got Washington and Winnipeg dropping out. And I just want to give a mention to Calgary. There just wasn't enough uh, 
a spot in the, in the 16 to put them in. So you really think that that New Jersey is that far down on the list? Well, the last week they have been. I'm not saying, you know, they're still a good team, but in the last week, um, in, the, in the last week. Yeah, I'm just going to go through my list. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little bit different than Dan Demigo. So last week I had Boston, New Jersey, Carolina, Vegas. Um, this week I've got Boston, New Jersey, Vegas, and the Rangers. Um, and then uh, this week I've also got um, Carolina. I, I bumped them down a few spots because, you know, watching them play in Detroit and, you know, just seeing what they were. You know, they've got some injuries they're dealing with. Um but you know they're they're up there. Don't get me wrong. But they were playing. They they were they were out there hustling. You know they were playing. Um, but Carolina, Toronto, I, Toronto's a tough one. I I want to move Toronto down, um, but I still feel like they've got the potential to be very good. So I'm leaving them there. Uh, I'm going to go with the Kings next. Uh, Colorado. I think they're going to, you know, try to squeak up higher. Minnesota, I've got them doing all right. They, they stayed the same. Um, then I've got Dallas, Edmonton, Seattle, the Islanders, Tampa Bay one time this week. Um, Winnipeg, which after tonight, I'd probably move them up to where the Islanders were and then bump the next two down. So, um, But I'll recap that next week. And then Calgary to round it out. I do think, I know you gave a special mention to Calgary. I, I do think even with all the nonsense that they have going on and, and the issues with Daryl Suter, um, I, I think that they'll be all right. And Kadri, I read that he's looking to get out. So hopefully that's not all distractions for them. Um, but, yeah, I do have them in my top 10 or my top 16. And should we, you know, to say, help to save Von Brian, unless you want us to mention his, should we just kind of run down his list? We can kind of tag team. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, I'll do, do the top def- five or I'll do the, do the top, top eight. five and then yeah okay so top eight got Boston, Vegas, Edmonton, the Rangers, Minnesota, New Jersey, Carolina, and Toronto. Now last week you had Boston, Vegas, Rangers, Kings, Carolina, New Jersey, Toronto. So there was definitely some movement on his side this week. Um, rounding out the the, last, the bottom eight here, you've got Colorado, who's actually moved up on his board. Uh, Dallas. Uh, flopped. The Kings, who took a huge tumble this week. Tampa Bay, who actually has moved up a little bit. The Islanders, who are now uh, up a couple of spots. Seattle, who they took a tumble last week from last week. Pittsburgh, who moved up a spot. And Calgary is now in the mix. So that is Buffalo Bryan's top 16 for the NHL in the week of 331. So that leaves, let's see, I don't see, I don't think there's any major injuries other than, uh, you know, Bobrovsky is uh, day-to-day. Um, no, I think you're going to start seeing uh, more injuries come out, especially now it's getting too close to the playoffs. Um, we already touched base on Boston. Uh, Lani is out two to four weeks with a tricep strain. Ooh. Um, obviously Anderson's still out. Uh, I think we talked about that last week. And I think that's the, 
think that's all the injuries. Uh, and that's all the injuries that I see. Um, so that's a big one for for uh, Columbus, even though they're not in the mix. I don't. I didn't hear anything about any fine or suspensions. Now, did we talk about AJ Greer or Blake Lazat last week? I think we talked about AJ Greer cross checking and Mike Hoffman. Yeah, we yes, did. Yes, yes, we did. did talk we did. Um, uh, Blake Lazat uh, for the Kings cross checked Josh Morrissey. Um, and he got one game for that as well as a $9,000 fine. And that's it. That was, that's the only one. Okay. So that leads us into some, uh, HL updates. Let's see. The Griffins are red hot lately. Not that it matters. You're officially out of the playoffs. Yeah. Or not the, why did I say the Griffins? I meant the Admirals. Well, that's a good segue. I'll just jump in really quick. And, uh, the Griffins well, are still out of the playoffs, and um, Carter Mazur came up, and he actually had a he got his first pro point this uh, this week. So that's kind of a good start for for Carter Mazur. Um, Mazur, Mazur. I'm sorry, I keep pronouncing it wrong. Carter Mazur. So you know, hopefully, just going to watch him the last few games and see how he does, but. The Griffins still stink and still trying to get guys to to come up, but we'll get there. We'll get there. All the wings prospects are buried below the AHL. So and well, the Admirals is like keep for some reason keep wanting to call them the Griffins. You, you at heart, know. you at heart are a Griffins fan. <laughs> no, you, you you are. You are uh, maybe, quietly, it's, maybe it's because the Admirals keep playing the Griffins, and maybe I think they now. If I, anyone I, questions what I'm about to say, we can go back in an episode, and I don't know which one. I would listen to every episode to find out which one it's in. And you said I watch more Detroit stuff than I do Nashville stuff, and I called you out for it. You are have. a closet Red Wings no. fan. No. Closet diehard fan right there. I like so, it. So, anyway, <laughs> only when I started uh, uh, playing in hockey with you. That's but right. anyway, um, so going back to the grit, to, crap, there I go again. The Admirals, I think they want to play Griffey. the Griffins. I think they want to play the Griffins every game because they seem to, to – they've played them uh, three times in the last two weeks and – won them all uh but they're on a, the admirals are on a six game winning streak started the 18th against griffiths which i mentioned last week um you know i, I think i remember you know they were on a four game win streak last week where they won uh the beat the belleville the belleville senators uh in a shootout three to two and then they just beat uh the griffins again uh late earlier today um six to three uh, so yeah, I that, it. I mean, you guys, you guys have had the Griffins number all year long. Like the Griffins just cannot figure out how to and, beat the Admirals. Like they have no idea. And um, you know, Devin Cooley, he he's he got the uh, the win against Belleville. And he stopped twenty six shots. The Admirals have clinched the pl- a playoff spot, and they are now leading the Central Division. I think last week they were, I think, what did I say? They were in second or third. I don't remember, but they they got eighty three points. They're two points ahead of the Texas Stars, so that six game wins has really propelled them up to Central Division. Um, the Griffins are meanwhile in last in the division. Um, Thanks. Thanks. So, rubbing that in. Well, you had to make, you had to throw that comment. You threw that shot on purpose. Didn't you? Nah, they'll, they, they'll be, I just remember a few, quite a few, I don't know, three, four years ago when they're they not were good. At the they're top. not. 
They, they were, were, but they that's were, when they had Bertuzzi's and and all those guys, Mantha's, and and, and they'll but, be good again. They'll be good again in a few years. Yeah, we're just we're young. Uh-oh. I was looking. Actually, that was a big comment. I'm not trying to hijack your your thing. I promise. But you bring up a oh. good point. I just want to jump in really quick, and I'm always hijacking you for some reason. I'm but, done with the admirals anyway. Oh, okay. But I was but I was reading an article today, and people are like, you know, everyone's talking about how Iserman's got this plan and. You know, we've got all these guys and they're supposed to be so good and the future's bright. Then why aren't the Griffins winning? And it's like, well, you, you take a lot of these guys like they just beaten who should be playing with the AHL Griffins, but he's on the Red Wings roster. Like they've got a lot of talent who is pretty darn close to NHL ready. And they've got a lot of guys who are probably going to bypass the AHL who are down in Toledo or playing college. I mean, yeah, you're going to see those guys filter in. Don't don't get me wrong. You're not just going to jump in and, and be a star in the NHL. But they've got a lot of young prospect depth below the AHL. So just give it a year or two. Let them come up, develop in the AHL, and a, another year or two, and they'll be in the NHL. And by that time, you're going to have, you know, Larkin in his, in his prime. Um, you know, you'll have Edvinson playing, Sider in his prime. And, you know, it's just one of those things that, you just got to be patient. And I know it sucks because we've been seven or eight years of just garbage, terrible hockey, but it's coming. It's coming. It's starting below the AHL. It'll come up. It'll be okay. And I mean, it's, it's going to be fine. All right. Before today, sitting tied for third with Syracuse. But Syracuse has a game in hand, one point behind Utica. Who they play tonight and again tomorrow night, their magic number is nine. Nine points. Either they get nine points or teams below them lose. Um, but anyways, they need to finish the top three so they can get the first round by. They were down 3 nothing going into the third tonight. They battle back, make it 3-2. And then with the goalie pulled, they tied it up. They end up going on to win in a shootout. Now they're in a three-way tie for a second. And again, they play Utica tomorrow, so. And I'll be there. Hopefully they can. Well, if Dan's That's a loss. There, they're going to lose, so. Yeah, I'm just going to put the W. Or put the L in the column. I'm not even going to bother watching they, it. Tomorrow. They won the last time I was there. One, la- one last game for them to uh, er, to try to get some points out of. That's all I got. Briefly, before we go into the uh, weekly pick section, uh, I mentioned about, you know, how a lot of these teams have like, you know, 26, 30 goals, 40 goals, 50 goals. <sighs> the Predators' top goal scorer is Matt Ducey with 22, and he's been injured a couple of games now. And then you have Forsberg still second with 19. He's obviously out for who knows. He's only played 50 games. And then uh, Yossi. Ooh, that's uh, an ex- Expensive paperweight. He he's injured uh, as well. Um, he's got eighteen. So the top three goal scorers <laughs> are all injured, and that leaves Tommy Novak, who's got fourteen, and Cody Glass and uh, Ryan Johansson, who's also injured with twelve. So Cody Glass caught him, and then uh, <laughs> who knows? Maybe Luke Evangelista will be. Uh, him because he's got five. I mean, he needs to really heat up. But um, yeah. So uh, going into the weekly pick section, 
I was pretty pathetic in my <laughs> picks for the Predators. I got Toronto, Boston, and Pittsburgh all incorrect. Um, Ron got the Toronto one correct. A lot, same move with Brian. And, but you got the Boston and Pittsburgh games incorrect. Uh, Brian got the Boston one incorrect because, well, we all thought they were going to lose. And uh, he, Brian got the Pittsburgh one correct. So that leaves us, let's see, for the Predators picks, I'm 9-13. and 13. Ron is 10 and 12, and Brian is 16 and 6. That's 72%. Ron was 45%, and I'm 40%. Uh, so the Wings picks, well, they were in a lot of reds. Um, actually, I think, is that game final? Yeah, that game was final. So let me see. Let me update this. So that was a loss. So I got that one correct. And. You said that was a loss, and that was a correct one as well. And Bob, Brian also said that was a loss, so that one's correct for him. So some greens for tonight. Uh, we all got the Pittsburgh and Carolina one incorrect. Um, so that leaves, let's see, I'm 7-15 and 15 for the Wings. Ron is nine and thirteen, and Brian is ten and twelve. That's forty-five percent for him for the wings. Uh, Ron is forty percent with his wings picks, and I'm thirty-one percent. And uh, Ron, why don't you uh, go down? What now. I what I what I have to say is I'm actually Buffalo. I'm I'm pretty shocked at how well you know the Predators. You you are seventy-two percent correct. On the Nashville win loss, that's because calls. he always picks losses. Well, no, I mean you're almost in the playoffs, but if he's right, I mean I think that was eight games now that you're going to lose. If his if his juju stays yeah. strong here, that means they're going to lose eight out of their last. Let me see, two, four, six, eight games. Well, yeah, no, that means that they'll they'll lose. Eight. Um, no, they're not going to lose a hundred percent of their games. He's seventy-two percent. Wow! So they'll probably they'll they'll win six. They're gonna lose six so, of them. But anyway, getting on to the last one, I know you wanted me to get to that, and I don't want to keep you <laughs> keep you waiting. Um, so you want me to go through Buffalo? Yes, yeah, so that would be the Montreal. Starting with Montreal, yeah. So Montreal. Um, or wait, or was it that? Oh yeah, Montreal. Because I think I yeah, Montreal and the Rangers. Yeah. Um, so the Montreal and the Rangers, Dan and I each got, nope, I was incorrect with my two picks. You were correct with your two picks and Buffalo was incorrect with Montreal and he was correct with the Rangers. Um, so to date, um, D law is riding that pony at 59% correct. <laughs> I know That's Buffalo, why you wanted to say it. You wanted somebody else to toot your horn. I get it. Um, so you guys know each other's team quite well and nobody understands Detroit, but neither does the experts. So, um, and Buffalo and I are each at 11, 11 with 50% correct. So he has a six game winning streak going for them. Buffalo too. Oh, Dan, you better pick all wins. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
You got yeah. such a high array. Maybe you can oh, you can turn the jinx around. The yearly overall standings. D Law is one <laughs> game behind me now. So I'm gonna have to go in and change all your cells after you change them. <laughs> I didn't um, change anything. I don't I'm change. just kidding. I'll lock them. I know I will password protect this page, and nobody will get into it but me. <laughs> um, so you're 29 and 37 on the year, putting you at 43 percent correct out of all the picks. I am 30 and 36, which puts me at 45 percent correct. And Brian running away with this thing is at 37 and 29 for correct and incorrect, putting him at 56% correct on all of his picks this year. And so I have the same like percentage. I, I have the same percentage incorrect that he has correct. Well, all I'm going to say is when it comes oh, okay. time to put some money down on a game, I am reaching out to Buffalo Brian for his expert opinion. Actually, you know what? That's why, because I got 29 correct and he's got 29 incorrect. He's got 37 correct, and I got 37 incorrect. That's kind of funny how that works. So that sounds about right. <laughs> so that moves us into, into the game previews. Who wants to start this one? Oh, boy. I'm just going to be quick because it's going to be a lot of losses and and hurt and pain for the Red Wings. But uh, let's see who the Red Wings have coming up here that they are not going to win with. So I'm going to recap this uh, terrible Winnipeg game next week. So we're going to say Winnipeg, Toronto, Montreal um, are the upcoming games this week. Up until uh, up until Buffalo 4-6, I think. Yes. And then and then Buffalo, yep. So we've got Winnipeg on Friday, which is tonight. Um, Sunday, we've got Toronto. Tuesday, we've got Montreal. Thursday, we've got the Sabres. And that will be it. Did you have the same picks for Buffalo and Detroit? Is like Detroit and Buffalo as you do with Buffalo, Detroit? I don't know, oh. to be honest with you. Let me see. <laughs> so, Buffalo, I picked a loss for the Wings. And I picked a win no. for the Sabres. Oh. Oh, okay. No, I'm not trying to pull you. <laughs> I didn't do that though. I I, you know, I wonder if that. Brian's doing that. He's probably scamming us. <laughs> He's probably I I, doing that. Like I'm going to get one uh, right no matter what. No, he did the same. No, he no he called a loss for Detroit and a win for Buffalo for that one. Well, he called a win for the whole rest of the season. So, <laughs> so uh, did you go through your your picks for Detroit for your previews? Yeah, I'm going to go with a loss against Toronto. Oh. I'm going to go with a win against Montreal and a loss against Buffalo. I really, and this oh, is yeah, not, and, and, and I'm not just saying this. I really hope out of all three of those games, I hope Buffalo is the one that they win. And that's not a shot at you, Buffalo, Brian. It's just, again, when you look at the rebuilds, you know, you don't want to fall too far behind your equivalent when it comes to a rebuild. And I know Buffalo is, is farther along. I mean, Iserman's even said that. But I think that is more of the gauge that that Detroit needs to have right now. Like you can't compare ourselves to a Toronto. We can't compare ourselves to a like a Dallas um, or a Tampa. I mean, some of the games we have coming up. I mean, Toronto playoff team, Montreal not a playoff team, Buffalo not a playoff team, Pittsburgh's a playoff team, Dallas is a playoff team, Carolina is a playoff team, and Tampa Bay is a playoff team. I mean, we're playing ninety eight percent of our games are playoff teams. Um, which you do want to compare yourselves against them, but we're not there yet. We're not we're not a team that's going to compete against those teams necessarily because we are young. We are in a rebuild. Yes, you want to win those. You want to say, hey, we beat top teams in the NHL, 
Um, but for me, I want to see them beat Buffalo because Buffalo is also in a rebuild. They're a few pieces away from being very, very good. Um, and I just want to see where we match up against Buffalo. Buffalo's killed us every year, every game this season, I believe. I don't know. I, I forget what the last one was, but it's, it just hasn't been a good look. So I want to see Detroit go out there and really compete against Buffalo of all the remaining games to just kind of gauge ourselves in this rebuild. But that's, that's what I have for Detroit, I picked a loss to Toronto, and then a win against Montreal, and a loss against Buffalo. Let's see. So I guess you're not um, gaining any ground on me on that in this the Red Wings yeah. section. Oh, that probably lose ground actually. No, you could. Uh, so let's see. How about uh, uh, let me let me go to the Predators then. Um, so the Predators have uh, a home game against St. Louis coming up. Um, I, I I know St. Louis and Nashville, they always Predators always play St. Louis kind of tough. Um, I, I, but you know St. Louis is just in that they're they're just in a, they're 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 in a rebuild. That's all I can say. So I'm going to call that a win for the Predators, especially coming off these couple of losses. Well, actually I lost. went win as well, and I'll do Brian's for him. He, he put a loss, which we already know. Yeah, he picked a loss out of the week. And then uh, then, then they got to go to Dallas, a one-game one road trip on the third. That's in Dallas. That's going to be a loss. It's probably I, gonna be I, a, I have it as a win. Probably going to be an ugly loss. I think they're going to probably get blown out. Um, Why? Because I'm the only one to pick the loss? Just, no, just because Dallas and Nashville, they got that history, and Dallas is just too strong right now, and Nashville's a young team, and just watching the way they played Pittsburgh, and Dallas is a lot better team than Pittsburgh. Um, and, and a lot of times the Predators just can't seem to beat the Dallas goalies. Um, and then they got a back to back, but they so it's but it's at home, it's at in Nashville, so they got to go. They're in Dallas, and then they got to go right back to Nashville to play Vegas. And you know, the second game of a back to back, I'm going to call that one a loss. And then they have, then they got Carolina coming in. Let's see, that is on a Thursday, right? Yes, that's a Thursday game. That's on the sixth, and I'm going to call that one a win. It's because, I don't know, this is the Predators, you know, they, they, they tend to, they tend to play Carolina pretty good. Um, coming off a couple losses, uh, I think they're going to end up winning that one. And then uh, I'll go the next uh, the next four will be next week or at least three will be next. Yeah, I've week. got a win win loss loss. Okay. Uh, so uh, that leads us into Buffalo. Um, looks like they have they're at Philadelphia Saturday. Uh, Brian uh, he picked wins the rest of the season. So. Um, and then they got Florida coming in. No, they're at. They're on. Looks like they're on a road trip. Um, on the fourth, they they're at Florida, and he called that one a win, obviously. And then they got to go to Detroit on the sixth, 
And he obviously, you could already mentioned that he picked all wins. And then the eighth is a Saturday, so that's next week. And I predicted that uh, they're going to lose to Philadelphia and Florida, and then they're going to beat Detroit. Got some good games coming up. What did you, what did you pick for Detroit, for Buffalo the next three games? For me, I picked a win-loss win. Oh. Win against Philly, a loss against Florida, and a win against Detroit. Well, we all picked a win against Philadelphia that one game, and they lost. <laughs> Philadelphia's kind of a weird team, I guess. So I guess that's all the previews we got. Um, I guess that's about time to wrap things up then. Um, new sh- Any shout-outs to any new followers? Uh, I don't think we have any new followers. Pecorini in the house. A couple new followers. We got Pecorini35. Thanks for the follow. Captain Pahoka. Thanks for the follow. And uh, K White Pants. Thank you for the follow. We're almost to our right. goal of 15. We need to get to 50, though. So we got to keep. Please, guys, listeners, please keep sharing. Uh, yeah, have we'll your friends, going. family. Enemies. We're get we're getting more we're getting more entertaining too. We're figuring out some more of the technical side of this. It's gonna be fun. We're gonna have a fun show coming up in the future. So anyway, uh you know our social media, uh Pride Wings Podcast, Facebook, Discord, Twitch, uh Twitch, YouTube at Pred Wings Pod, and Instagram is uh, Predwings Podcast. So give us a follow on Instagram. Our email is predwingspodcast at gmail.com. And Let's go, Charlie. For episode like 54, the Predwings Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Predwings Podcast. Good night, Hockey Town. Bye bye, Buffalo. See ya, Smashville.